I'm Scott Hervey with Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. To start off the new year, we thought we'd discuss the trademark and copyright cases to watch in 2023. That's what we'll be discussing on this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. It's always good to start off the year with an overview of the trademark and copyright cases to watch for the year. This year, we have a couple of cases that we've previously discussed on the briefing when they were on appeal with the circuit courts, but we will now see the Supreme Court bring finality to the issues raised in those cases. That sounds like a great idea to me, Josh. Let's get into it. Sure. We'll start with the Andy Warhol Foundation versus Goldsmith, which we've discussed at length on this show. Very important fair use case. In that case, the Supreme Court will decide whether the Andy Warhol Foundation made fair use of a photo of the late artist Prince. In short, the matter at issue will address when a work is sufficiently transformative to qualify for fair use protection under the Copyright Act. In the matter below, the Second Circuit reversed the decision of the District Court and held that the Warhol work was not transformative because it maintained the essential elements of its source material and was not fundamentally different and new. This is the first time since 1994 that the Supreme Court will address fair use in the context of an artistic work. And this is one I'll be looking forward to. Next, we have Arbitron Austria versus Hectronic International. In that case, US-based remote control maker Hectronic International sued its former European partners, Arbitron Austria, for trademark infringement. The defendants in that action argued that since 97% of the sales related to the verdict were purely foreign and no one affiliated with the companies was based in the United States, Hectronic International needed to pursue the action abroad. Of course, Hectronic disagrees and contends that trademark law under the Lanham Act extends beyond the U.S. borders. This case should bring clarity to an issue that is constantly disputed in sizable Lanham Act cases the materiality of foreign sales. For that reason, trademark practitioners will certainly be keeping their eye on this one. They certainly will. I know we will. And next up is my favorite case of the year. And we've talked about this multiple times as well. And that case is Jack Daniel versus VIP products. And as many of you know, this is the Ninth Circuit dispute arising out of VIP products creation of a parodic dog toy styled like a Jack Daniels bottle, but called Bad Spaniels. The toy is filled with comedic references related to dogs, but it's no laughing matter to Jack Daniels. The case will determine the proper balance between trademark rights and free speech. The district court and the Ninth Circuit found that VIP's use was protected by the First Amendment. Now, the Supreme Court will determine whether the Ninth Circuit made the right decision and will provide some much-needed guidance and hopefully clarity on how these competing interests must be balanced. As we've discussed in the past, there is a difference in opinion among the circuits on how these matters should be addressed. And given the low bar for artistic relevance, it is imperative that the court provide some guidance as these disputes will certainly continue to arise. I agree, Josh. This case has big implications on the Rogers test, and we've already seen some splintering in the circuits with different treatment of different types of creative um, material, whether that be your creative works, whether they be, quote, traditional creative works or um, functional creative works. So it's really important that we get the Supreme Court's view on that in uh, this case. And interestingly, Scott, 
there have been some experts who have questioned if the Supreme Court is even going to address the Rogers test in its ruling. So we'll be looking forward to that and we'll keep an eye on it and report back as soon as the Supreme Court comes down with its ruling. I certainly hope they do take it up. As I just mentioned, we've seen some splintering among the circuits and I think the Supreme Court needs to chime in here. Otherwise, all we're going to have is uh, races to be the plaintiff and you're going to have different outcomes depending upon where you the plaintiff filed the case, which is never a good thing. Um, next up, we have Genius versus Google. Now, my understanding is that the petition is before the Supreme Court, but the court has not yet granted uh, cert. So in this case, Genius sued Google for breach of contract over music transcripts. In the petition for cert, Genius argued that the Second Circuit and the District Court wrongfully found uh, preemption by the Copyright Act. Uh, specifically, the Second Circuit and the District Court found that the Copyright Act precluded Genius's breach claim against Google and LyricFind for allegedly stealing song lyrics from its site for Google search result. The Second Circuit's decision affirming the decision below held that Genius hadn't shown that its claims are qualitatively different from a copyright claim on lyrics, which notably it didn't hold the copyright to. The petition requests the court to clarify whether the Copyright Act's preemption clause permits a plaintiff to use state law contract remedies to enforce a promise not to copy and use its content, which is interesting in this case because Genius doesn't own the copyrights to the content. It alleges that Google copied and used um, so the Supreme Court has requested the Solicitor General's opinion on whether copyright law preempts the breach of contract claim. All in all, this is a very interesting case. It sure is, Scott. And finally, we have Green versus the Department of Justice. In that case, two computer scientists have challenged the Digital Millennium Copyright Act's ban on circumventing digital locks on copyrighted works. The engineers filed suit against the federal government seeking to enjoin enforcement of the DMCA's anti-trafficking and anti-circumvention provisions. The district court refused and the DC circuit affirmed the decision below. Apparently, the DC circuit also commented that it lacks jurisdiction over claims of facial unconstitutionality on First Amendment grounds because the district court did not rule on that issue in denying the request for injunctive relief. The case has now been remanded to the district court for further consideration, where I'm sure that facial unconstitutionality argument will be taken up. Given the posture of this case, it's really just beginning. So this case is going to be around for a while, but it has significant implications on an important piece of copyright legislation. So we'll be keeping an eye on this. So we have some really interesting cases to watch for this year, uh, and we're going to keep an eye on all of them. Thanks for bringing this to our attention, Josh. Thanks, Scott. I'm Scott Hervey. Thanks for tuning in to this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel. And if you're interested in more content like this, you can visit us at theiplawblog.com.